Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 13th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. It's uh, I'm glad everybody's tuned in for our uh, our Super Bowl, Super Bowl recap podcast. You know, I'm sure Monday uh, Monday morning this will be the first in everybody's feed with uh, with the Super Bowl. Well, it depends. Maybe the Super Bowl sucks. We're recording this prior to the Super Bowl. They're doing what looks to be the national anthem at the moment. The Phoenix Open has just ended, so we have yet to hear Scotty Scheffler's take. Big thoughts, big takeaways uh, at a press conference or any others. Who, 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 who do you want to hear from tonight? Spieth, Rom, anybody? Either way, we're recording I think, pre I think Spieth, all that stuff. I think Spieth and Nick Taylor should both have to go up and and justify them laying up on fifteen. I mean, you want to talk about? When you knew somebody wasn't going to win a tournament is when they lay up on the 15th hole, one back when they're down of the, of, of effectively one of the three best players in the world. What did Scotty hit a four iron to the bunker? Rom hit a similar club, probably a little shorter club to the rocks water, but yes. So that was a red flag for you. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The, I mean, Here's the thing. Nick Taylor, he played a great tournament. I, I don't want to sit here and take away from Nick Taylor, but when you're Nick Taylor and you're you're going up against Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, you need to do something extraordinary in order to win. They hit a crappy wedge. On a I mean, for laying up. Well, he didn't back yeah, he up, had a crappy... That's... He had a crappy wedge there. He had a bad chip on 16. He had a bad chip on 17. Those are like... Those feel shots, I think, are where you feel that like uncomfortableness, the pressure of being somewhere you're not used to being. Nick Taylor is. We saw the same thing with Mito Pereira at the PGA last year at the end of the uh, end of the tournament. Hit a lot of bad chips from short grass. Look, right. So this this thing, like you're in this elevated elevated event. I I I get yeah whatever. whatever. You you've got this. Um, probably an uncomfortable yardage but if you want to win you had to put the pressure on there i agree he's playing he's playing you know you're playing 200 cc this is mario kart you're between rob and scheffler literally playing between them you're playing at the highest level maybe not the hardest course hard conditions this week but uh Yes, you can't lay up. Why? What? What's he doing? Protecting the points, protecting the money. What does he think? Scheffler and Rom are both going to hit in the water. I mean, Scheffler was the one he was chasing, but Scheffler's going to hit in the water, or just expect Whoops. waiting for him to make mistakes on 17, 16? I don't know why you lay up a, a, and expect to just pass someone of Scheffler's caliber in that situation. Hit hit a golf shot. I what know the yardage might have been bad. Same with Spieth. Hit a freaking golf shot, Spieth. I, I have a feeling Spieth knew he had no chance at catching 
Nick or uh, Scotty Scheffler or Nick Taylor for that matter, um, so, or or John Rahm. You know, he he was. I don't know protecting what, the points for real. It could have been. Well, I thought Colton Nost made a great point on the broadcast, kind of semi-critical, but like, dude, you're like a a shot maker, not to call out the old show, uh, the golf channel hit, but like you're an artist, right? To use the, to use that kind of boiled down cliche, like groove a shot, make a shot. If you're between clubs, that's what you're, that's what you do. And it's the whatever, 68th hole. Just go make a shot. And, you, you know, an eagle helps, clearly. I don't think he was going to win regardless. But, yeah, it's, it felt like kind of a capitulation to the yardage. And then he he also didn't hit a good wedge. Great wedge in there. So, uh, But Scotty Scheffler I mean, is your winner. Fa- go I, ahead. Are we... Do we know why he's in the event even? He finished 128 in the FedEx Cup last year. Why who? Taylor? Yeah, or Spieth finished. <laughs> I'm kidding. Taylor, um, is it is it because of his win? I might be because of his win. He's pretty high up the priority. two years ago. Yeah, maybe because of his win, high up the priority list. Maybe a Canadian designation. The Canadians are beloved down there in the desert. Yeah, he didn't win in 2020, 2021. I'm, I was curious. I, that Rebel? was something I was just fascinated about because he finished 134th in the FedEx Cup last year. I was just curious why he was in the field. Um. Yeah, they changed the whole field, how they post that, uh, the exemption categories now. Um, He's in next week, too, which is crazy. Nick Taylor is in, yeah, it just says PGA Tour tournament winner, two-year exemption. So, I don't know. That's that's what it says here for this year. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is your winner, and he's the number one player in the world. He shot 68-65 on the weekend, uh, and not the easiest conditions. I would say, you know, it's it's still not a particularly punishing course. 19 under wins it. Uh, and he gets back to number one in the world. He, um, It's a good timing for the Netflix show. I'll say that. We have that podcast coming out Tuesday, not to do an unplanned promo. And one thing I'm interested in is what that show does for how we perceive these players going forward. I would say the Scheffler episode is done in combination with Brooks Kepka. I'd say it's exceptional television. Uh, it's maybe the best episode of the season. Um, there are others that are clearly not the best episode. And we talk about that in the review, in the show, the podcast, but um, I think it'll be interesting what coming off the heels of this win. When you guys watch that on Tuesday and how it, his mindset versus Brooks's mindset and how free and clear, he clear and free his mind is right now. And, I think we saw that again this week, especially after I wouldn't say he was bad in the second half of last year, but he was a little sloppy. He he lost some sharpness. He lost some sharpness on Sunday at the Open, Sunday at the Tour Championship. He kind of really booted away a big lead and never couldn't find the, you know, center of the fairway with his driver. Um and lost number 1 in the world. It wasn't I don't think he was great at the President's Cup, right? Am I misremembering that? I think he was a little sketchy there. He's you know, practicing putting a lot late on the green with Stricker and things like that. And Burns, I think, saved him in a couple matches. But I may be misremembering. But maybe we're back again. This is Scheffler season. This whole February to April. Who knows? But but I think with it's great timing for the Netflix release. And, and you see a guy who 
um, has staying power really in the top 10. And it wasn't just a hot 56 days. We knew that probably beforehand. But, uh, you know, he may never be as hot as those 56 days again, but he's capable of winning like once a year, twice a year for a significant stretch of time. Listen, like, I mean, I was super impressed with this win. Um, A, because of what you alluded to, uh, the last time we saw him in a similar position, it didn't go well right. with the Tour Championship. Right. Um, B, it just shows how rock solid of a player he is. Like, he, he said it in his post round, like, in, in watching it, he was not good today. He didn't see, he did not play great. He shot 65. I mean, that's just banana land stuff. Yeah. Well, you play like bad and shoot 65. Like he did not play great. Um, yeah. Obviously, he got a lot of great breaks. He got some really good bounces, like at least three drives that were really crooked that got some nice bounces that, you know, kept him out of the desert. You know, um, the one on on 15 was really nice bouncing into the Couple short grass. Bounces, yeah. The drop on 16 and being able to place it, which... I mean, I we saw can get Huggy into the rules tweeting about how disgraceful that is. The, the 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 grandstands are too close. Well, I don't understand why the rules official lets him drop to where he's like a millimeter. Like, yeah. of course he's going to get a place. That's I. I think that the rules officials on the PGA Tour kind of let us down twice this weekend. Now, we'll like, I don't think that that yeah. didn't really change what was going to happen with Scheffler. But I just have to ask, like, why, why is he dropping so close that any ball he drops, he's going to get to place? Like, why? Right. So the reason he got to place it was the ball bounced back two inches. And at that point, the grandstand is then in his swing path. His, yeah. He didn't check it, though. That was the one thing that I saw. A, 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 Kind the of simulated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but B, so like, why not? You know, the ball's gonna. It just like seems absurd that you get. It feels like to me, on the PGA Tour, these guys like if you're just gonna let people place the ball, just just change the rule to place it. Like it seems to me like the PGA Tour for the most part when these guys drop, place the ball because they, you know, gerrymander their way to place. Um, I don't want to talk about this really though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the shooting 65 without your best stuff is, is something else that, that is like unreal talent doing it also with Rom who didn't have his best stuff. It just like, you know, and there were some good breaks here and there that did right. that, but really impressive win. He's in the pancake zone, five wooden club there we go. He's in there with Carl Patterson and Ricky. Um, really, I mean, what a great way to start the year now with 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 Rory, Rom, and Scheffler all clicking on all cylinders and really like you know we've we've talked about this pod. I still kind of think Rom and Rory are in a class of their own, but it's really hard not to have Scheffler like really close to that class, if not in it. I uh, like I I could else you know accept the argument that Scheffler's in it. But I just think those other two are just a little cut above. Splitting hairs a little bit, but yeah, that's that's fine if we want to get into categorizations. I thought it wasn't a great Sunday in the recent like pantheon of a recent history of the Phoenix Open. Um, it kind of it felt like Scheffler was going to win the whole time, and he did. 
right? And there weren't, there was, I don't think anyone really pushed him. Um, it was set up. Uh, well, obviously you had Rom, Spieth sort of lurking. Ricky makes an ace and then immediately gives two back off that eagle. Um, but it wasn't a great Sunday. Is that fair? Is that being too harsh? Is that hard? Yeah, I think it was a great Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so many times we get like one day delivers. It's very rare that both days. Yep. And I thought the Saturday was sensational. But overall, I mean, this is just a great um, start to the like the full elevated events. I don't really like Century Tournament of Champions wasn't really a designated event. Um, but this was a great start. The thing about it is just getting Rom and Scheffler into a final group. Getting, you know, when you can get two top 10 players in the final group with chances to win, it's just such a huge um, buoy for the PGA Tour. I mean, it's just a great thing to have happen, you know, because you're going to get these showdowns. That's how rivalries begin. And one of the reasons that the tour has been so devoid of rivalries is there's really only been like six, seven, eight chances a year for a rivalry to form. And now we get this these elevated events, getting up to 17 times that these guys are going to be in the same place. It's so much more likely for showdowns to happen on a regular basis. Yeah. And that's what's so exciting about these designated events. Um, you like... A thing I was thinking about with Rom. Say, say it's an unelevated event. Let's just say Scheffler's not in the field, and that's Rom and Nick Taylor in the final group. Do you think Rom wins? Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. So, or is that further evidence for waiting of non-designated events? Like, there's wins and in, in designated events, and and there's you know other opportunity that's there's others like beating the beating the Detroit Pistons on a January night versus beating the Bucks in May something yeah, like that exactly and yeah I think and this gets into like the old not you know as Joseph Lamagna has laid out you've talked about waiting FedEx Cups uh, points and things like that or or even further elevating designated events what it means for your larger season where you're standing your exemptions into other stuff yeah, a win, it's a, not all wins are created equal, um, but they are in some metrics. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between the average and big time events. And you know, to segue here, yeah, the difference between an <laughs> average and are a we great not one up in each other? Are we trying to do this segue <laughs> game now? Should we start going here? Big time event. Uh, Go ahead. What's your segue? The difference between an average and a great Valentine's Day gift could be fat cork. This is a uh, a supporter of the pod. They've come in right around this Valentine's Day um, th- uh, time period. Yeah, is a not so subtle hint. Hey, if you want to step up your game on Valentine's Day, if your wife or partner or or <coughs> significant other is into champagne at all, or not this into is champagne, a spectac- just wants to you know something you know that will be consumed what's that like party celebrate spur the moment things right yes it's, it's, it's not have just it on for hand. valentine's day and you're supporting friends of the podcast golf nuts fellow listeners uh you know, brian and abby is that his, his wife's name yeah. um created this business they saw that like mass-produced champagne was kind of cutting out the growers it was kind of this 
amalgamation of, of ingredients that we, you know, and, and then markups that, you know, were could be, you know, weren't serving the uh, consumer or customer best. So, you know, they go to the, the, the caves, they go to the growers, they bring it to Seattle, they ship it to you, and they're shipping it for free if you use the promo code GOLF at checkout. Um, like I said the other day, my friend texted me, he got it for his wife for Valentine's Day, it saved him $32 in shipping. So it's not like they're just chipping off like $3 with that code. You go to fatcork.com, use the promo code GOLF. This is a great one. We, you know, we like to say all our, you know, all our sponsors, we love all our children, but this one's been really fun to kind of get to know them, get to know like the business and kind of really understand its value. And, and, and I didn't expect to really <laughs> necessarily to pop, no pun intended with me. But uh, it has. Ever since I started reading the stuff that comes in some of the packages, it's been great. So go to fatcork.com, use the promo code GOLF. Takes care. You know, if you're late on Valentine's Day, you know, just do the printout deal that we do. Print out, hey, this isn't here today, but it might be tomorrow or the next. But I got got it for you for Valentine's Day. Uh, it's something. All right, let's move on. Phoenix, other thoughts? Um, real quick, you don't have to react to this or say, we don't need to get into it. 16 kind of stinks. That hole stinks. I know it's the atmosphere. It's less about the hole, but just watching it again today. Um, it's just not that great a hole. Having those balls all trundle it off the left. It doesn't it need just, to be. A great I know. Hole. I know. It's not the point. I know. I just, well, I, I was what's just wrong with having, having the area fall off the left. That it made you hit a good golf shot. I understand. No, I know. I, I wasn't saying that pin, was a bad if you part of it. You want to have more balls on the green. They should have no. moved the pin a little. It's a fine Sunday pin. I just don't think it's that interesting a hole. Um, well, I think what what hurt that hole this week was the wind. Right. Well, we saw a couple yeah. sort of. You can You get into that stadium. You have no freaking clue which way the wind's blowing. Yesterday, everybody's long because it was just it was it was downwind and you can't feel it. And it's like, oh, if, how much is the wind going to affect my ball going over? Obviously, usually it's a, it's kind of more of a dome, so it's pretty predictable and it's an easy shot. But this year, a lot of uh, juice was taken out of that hole because it was windy, and it's just impossible to gauge the wind when you're in when you got a giant stadium around you. It's like the twelfth at Augusta, right? You can't tell the wind. No. It's the oh, sim- yeah. exact similar thing, right? Just like just it. The, the trees, and there you have a bunch of drunks. Just a totally similar atmosphere. Uh, the wind just uh, hard to judge this weekend. Um, what? Uh, how about Ricky and, and Jason Day? What about him? Is party at like it's ni- 2015? I enjoy them being around. I agree. You can see Jay Day giving a big hug when he makes the ace. Uh, Sunjay was happily there too. I enjoy having them around. I don't know that they're. I don't. I don't know that they're super relevant anymore, but if they play their way into relevance, that'd be great. Jason Day is, I think, has better track record, recent track record to lean on. I don't. Ricky's kind of playing good. I uh, well, that's he's never been the problem playing good for him. I guess it's been a problem the last couple of years, but the problem was always winning. Like he's fine at shooting Sunday like sixty eight to finish T seven or whatever. You know, he always did that. But yeah, if he's coming back, that's a good thing. It's, we want to see him play well. We want to see, have him around. He's been relegated to to a narrator's role in the Netflix show coming up, but uh, hopefully, is his play will will get him back. He's in. got he's what? got four top elevens in the last seven starts. It's pretty good. That's good. That's great. Good for Rick. Get him get him a win here. Would be sweet be... to see him pop in L.A. 
I know it would maybe he'll be a, a main character. Maybe he'll get promoted out That's of a uh, moderator role. Having to talk about his friends and other character, you know, other people that are in the show. That would, you know, uh, good to see that. Do you have any other takes on Jay Day or, or Ricky? Just happy to have him back. It's just it, it's nice. Those were sad tales. Like I think, like one of the things, like one of the tough things with golf is that your legacy somewhat gets twisted by how you age out of the sport and uh, golf is not necessarily kind to a lot of people as they age. Um, And I think, you know, Jason day gets a lot of shit and you know, we've, we've given him shit on this podcast, but like truly spectacular generational talent and uh, nice having, you know, it'd be nice to see him, have like a little bit of a twilight. So some of the golf fans of the last four years are made a little bit more aware, you know, newcoming golf fans that how good this guy was, you know? Right. Right. seems like, I I mean, the only issue is like sustainability. Like, is he, when does the next injury coming? Is this, you know, how long can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy to the masters? Can he stay, stay healthy through the summer? So uh, good to see him play well. Other quick notes. Hey, I have, go ahead. Spieth putting stroke. Yeah. That doesn't look good. He was really bad on the greens this week. I think he did pretty well ball striking it. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, didn't put put in putt great. I think there's an issue. Didn't there. didn't put didn't putt his way to top ten finish. Just the bot would like to say. Start doing a hitch like he does with his swing, where he does like a half half putt hitch deal and then goes does the whole deal what, what's gonna is he in his I head might, uh i might say look at look at your good friend rick and will zalatoris and uh maybe lock that bad boy up against the arm because oh, the, four fo- the four footers looked bad today like even if they went in it just didn't look good like it like the pay the thing that's alarming to me is like it it feels like the pace is not consistent with them and he's yeah. like, it, it's very much like a guided in type of stroke with uh-huh. the short ones, yeah. which is, you know, I, I I don't think we need to go into detail why that's scary. But, you know, whether it looks at the hole or doesn't look at the hole, like the alarming thing to me is just the pace at which it's going in. And it's sad because like he hit he hit the ball really like great this week. And, you know, for a number of years, that was the issue, you know, right. Right. Well, that was the yeah. That was always. The La- issue. I mean, last Funny. year he hit it pretty good. He did. He did. Um, that's something to monitor. Putting putting can come and go quicker than not being able to swing the club or, or ball strike your way around. Um, he never really felt in it on Sunday, despite you know his, his starting position just with Scheffler and Rahm ahead of him. Uh, front nine, other note I had is front nine is truly unmemorable. I was like trying to get into it this morning, this today, watching that front nine with the, it's like truly, I don't even know what, unbelievable. I don't know. Is this five? Is this six? Is it like, it's all, it's crazy. I, how unmemorable it is or hard to distinguish. Um, CBS quirks, predictable became a big thing. I loved the yardage book front back pin. Like, I feel like that's new. I don't think I've seen that before. Seems like a good thing, especially for golf people like us and probably listeners to this podcast. 
that was a cool thing. I was wondering, like, why has that? That seems like a thing that could have been done 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Back, front, here's the pin. Maybe you want to add some slope. I don't know. Maybe they've already done it before and they got rid of it. But I like that. The predictable, it seemed like I saw more people calling for predictable to go away, to be extinguished. Are you in that camp? Yeah, it sucks. Like really don't like it. It actually like removes joy from watching golf. Like, like can we can we just get a seat? Can we wait two seconds to see where it lands? That's the whole point of watching the freaking sport. <laughs> I'll watch Shot Tracer and not turn the TV on if I want to see Predictable, and it won't be predict called Predictable. It'll be. Where the ball went, and I could, you know, like it's there's like no point watching. Just go to tour cast or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy to me. This is a bad. It's a bad. I mean, bug. it's obviously advanced technology, but it's not yeah. helping the broadcast in any way. Okay. It hinders They're trying. They're the trying. enjoy. I I agree. Like it's a new thing they tried. It's time to go for go back in the cabinet. I I know you can do it. You can know where it's going the second it's hit, but I don't want to know. That's not why I watch golf. Um, the caddy. Combo. Can we talk about? Can we talk about the commercials? Sure. Commercial before they go into sixteen. There was a lot of eye on whatever they call it, their version of playing through. There was a lot of then that. you come out. You come out of that, and it's like right when he's hitting. We don't get any stage setting on like one of the most famous holes in golf. We get none of that. They hit, and then we don't get the walk up. And you go to commercial again? And then on 17, you go to commercial 17, again? It was all of a sudden, yes. It was pretty what? choppy there. That can, you can't do that. Like, it was hard to like get, stay engaged, honestly. With, because, A, it felt like Scheffler like, really needed to blow a tire to make it interesting. That didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then the commercials chopped it up. That'd it be, was hard to stay That'd be like if the if the NFL didn't charge timeouts for these the fake injuries. They just allowed it to happen. Just and it's like the end the of the game. End of the game drive. And it's just injury timeout. Commercial break. We've run two more plays. Injury timeout. Commercial break. Run two, three more plays. Injury timeout. And there's six commercial breaks in the last five minutes. That's what it felt like. It was just, you got to... I, I I know that you have to... I'm not saying don't show commercials. Yeah. I know that commercials have to exist. That's what how CBS makes money. But you got to let the event have some like flow to it. You can't... Yeah. Yep. I pick one of the spots. So, yeah. I think it's been a strong start for CBS. That was an issue. Was it... Was it... Amex or which one of those? It was, was kind Tory, of Tory. I think Tory. Tory was sort of a mess. Um, Last week it was good uh, at um, Pebble. What was it Pebble? Pebble. Yeah. Right. Well, you were out there walking around. No, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't. I, I saw that. some commentary. Too bad. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And obviously, that was we had the later delay. You know, moved into Golf Channel, but um, the caddy conversations were another thing that people were pumping up CBS about. It's just like we were completely in the conversation with was it scovron and uh tom kim on the one 
They got up close with Xander a little bit, not up close enough, I would say. Like we didn't see enough of that. Didn't Joseph Lamagna wrote about this for the uh, Friday newsletter tomorrow about like the broadcast needed to be more, um, take a more of a significant role in that Xander issue. Uh, but anyway, there was generally like a good good week, another good week for CBS. But the finish, you just have to be more focused on the product and not the commercial load. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What do you think would have happened if Patrick Reed uh, got the Xander drop? Um, I saw that hypothetical bouncing around, but like, I mean, that's just like using the rules or the or the wiggle room in the rules, the the sort of nebulous nature of the rules to get to your advantage. I I think it. I think that would be a hard one to even pop Patrick Reed on about. I think it would have been a bigger story. But like if he's asking for relief and he gets the relief on a second opinion, I it's I, it's a different genre of Patrick Reed than like, you know, fluffing your lie or misidentifying, you know, saying that's your ball for sure. I just think that's Bryson, a different genre. Bryson would be a better question. Yeah, I mean, it would be, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I wonder if Bryson and Patrick Reed would be given the sort of benefit of a second ruling that's over, second opinion that's overturning. They may come, they may have a higher bar to clear just based on their history or based on their antagonistic relationship at times with rules officials, right? Is it could well, that I be? I guess an we angle? don't have to worry about we it don't. anymore. No, since it's just playing with sh- uh, slugger, you know, just letting them do whatever they want. Um, why do you think it would have been a bigger story? I think that, um, I think that Xander, like a lot of top, I guess you could quote unquote popular players get a very, very long leash from media. And I think between this and the CT test. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. People are like, are you surprised to see this from Xander? But like, if you've been paying attention, we talked about this on Instagram Live. I'm not saying he's like a he plays fast and loose with the rules, but all these guys push it a little bit, right? I think I think that was a pretty disingenuous um, drop, and yeah. I think that uh, I mean, like, what is an animal hole? And well, why let's just get rid of the rule. Holes? Don't go, don't it, yeah, don't leave it to the interpretation this... of these putting the pressure on these officials. And the players obviously are just going to use it to their advantage at every turn. And why is an animal hole different than like a, a just a, a bush, right? Right. Right. I was you texting know. with Kyle Porter. I just wanted to hear like what he thought of it this this week. Like he's been on the ground. And he said something about like, yeah, I think it's great. Forces the tour not to take itself too seriously. And I said, it seems like they don't take the rules too seriously too when they're out there. Because it's like, it's just such a, it's like a suggestion, right? That these guys can just then run wild with. It's it's not a black and white. And I know a lot of, it's hard to call a foul in the NBA. You could call a foul and check, all that stuff. Like some of these are really gray areas, but like just get away from, get away from the animal rule, animal hole thing. Don't make it a possibility for where you can get relief. And that yeah, is it. I mean, like, that's the thing is like the animal hole, the plus the shuffler drop thing. Just like I'm tired. I mean, these guys are playing for 20 uh, for three point whatever million for yeah. the winner. Yeah. Right. 
I don't think it's too much to ask for like Scheffler to have to play a ball as it lies and not get get to place it. Like there's enough there was enough space there. He clearly just manipulated the rules. He knew he was going to get to place it. And it's just like the rules official needs to be like, no, you can't drop there because like there's not enough room for the ball to go anywhere and it's going to go somewhere. And you're going to get like that. The outcome shouldn't be known. I, you know, I was watching. It's like, oh, he's going to place it. Like this is like a problem. The same thing with Xander is like, it almost like feels like any time you get in any trouble, I'm and this is like with Zan talking more about Xander than Scheffler here. But like any time players get in any sort of trouble, their immediate reaction is to like look at how I can get out of it via yep. the rules. Yep. And it's just like it's turn it's it's actually absurd. Like that's like the worst thing. It'd be like if there was a rule, and I and people are going to say this is preposterous, but it's like, hey, we're playing baseball. We got a guy on third and nobody out, and I'm going to find a rule that moves him back to second. Yeah, I'd say it's of a piece and in the vein with like hitting it to into grandstands and hitting it like 18 away from trouble. Like just like even there, you know, like just let's just blast it out to the right. We know like the dead, dead part is left. And like, oh, or anywhere, really, for that matter, any any course, like it's of a piece. Like if I go that way, I can get drops. I can get relief. I can get like it's not the dead zone. Like it's just not how the courses, how everybody else plays the course has to gets to play the course. And I get it's pro golf. It's a, a different kind of thing. Entertainment. What if, gr- what if like grandstand? What if grandstand relief? Was like, uh, I mean, the open did it where the drop area for the yeah. grandstand was awful. Yeah, it was like point. thick, rough. But like on 18th hole with it with water on the left and a bad bunker on the left and grandstands on the right. If you bail right, what if you your grandstand relief drop is like 200 yards away from the green? Nobody would hit it over there. Right. And you, like if they hit it close to, hit to it, it. Yeah. Down the middle. I bet if yeah. you hit it close to it, some people would start to like play it, uh, it where they would normally ask for a, a drop, right? Right. Like to me, there needs to be there needs to be something done with like this stuff because it's not like the grandstands. Are, I get why they want the grandstands close. They want people to feel sure. on the on top of the action. I remember watching golf at Aaron Hills, and I was really far away, and I was like, God, this kind of sucks. Um, and I, and I sympathize with both, both sides of this is like, but like the easy solution is to create drops, change the drop rule for grandstands on the PGA tour where you don't get a drop it. You don't get like a, just like a place your ball. Yeah. And like you should, if you hit it, fire it into the grandstands, you should be in a bad spot. Yeah. What what place where you're not in a bad spot though is if you have your AG one every morning. So <laughs> we got fat cork at night, AG one in the morning. That Ath- puts by athletic greens. Athletic greens. Uh, I've started making this a part of my daily routine. I think for me, look, I have busy days. I'm going to be putting a lot of junk in my body or neglecting to put a lot of good stuff in my body. I'm on the runs. Youth sports Saturdays and. Sundays are bouncing around. It's you know same for the week. You jump into work week. Um, so I've just been putting my little scoop. I got my little bottle ready out in the morning already. I go down. I get my AG one by Athletic Greens. I put my scoop in the bottle, fill it up, shake it up, 
and take it down quickly. That's my morning routine. And I'll say, look, it it might not, you know, it might look a little intimidating on the taste front. You might be like, this is this might be a little painful. It's not bad at all. It's it's like getting, it's not bad at all. If anything, you gotta put a little more water in towards the end, like you would. Oh, I like else. doing less water. Why? I just like the less water. Okay. I think it, when it gets a little watered down, it actually gets worse. That's my personal. Okay. Recipe. Well, you either can way, let us know what your recipe is. <laughs> it's that, Listen, it's all water. That's all Mike, you need is add water. I've been doing this for a couple of months. I, I can say certifiably, my gut has never felt better. Certifiably, that's the AG yeah. testimony. I wasn't paying AJ attention testimony. to my gut yeah. before, but now my gut is in tip-top shape. Your gut seventy-five. Health. High quality ingredients right in that that little mixture. I know I'm getting good stuff in my body no matter what I decide to do on a daily basis. And it's a habit. Habits are big for me because I'm not a habit-based person. So yep. doing anything on a daily basis is a big one for me. Yeah, just getting it in my body at the start of the day, those nutritional, foundational nutrition drink that I don't have to worry about, you know, what I'm putting in every meal the rest of the way, it's taking care of me during a busy day. So if you go to athleticgreens.com slash the fried egg, athleticgreens.com slash the fried egg, they'll use, if you make your first order there, you get one year supply of vitamin D, which I've been doing a little dropper in mine, a lot of my uh, mornings. Uh, one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com slash the fried egg. Hey, going back to the Xander thing. Hey, bro, go ahead. I was going to ask you, who do you think has the best gut health on, on the PGA tour? That's a good question. No, it wasn't Bryson. Remember that? Like his <laughs> yeah. dirty weight gain or whatever. He says, my gut, he's just like his systems are breaking down and short circuiting because he's having 15 protein shakes a day. I don't know. Who do you think might be that, that might be? Who feels like I don't know. maybe uh maybe let's see. I I'd say uh This is I a preposterous see, question. I could see Speeth having really good gut gut health. Oh, all right. Compliment for Speeth. There you go. He seems to have his act together. Um it's going back to the Xander thing real quick. Get rid of the animal hole rule. It shouldn't even be a thing, a crutch that they can lean on. Get rid of second opinions. Why is this a thing? Why why do we yeah. need a second opinion? So like that's another thing. Like this guy's got to come not, in and pop like overrule not, his colleague or not. What's the bar you got to clear? Just get rid of that. It's done. It's yeah, done. This this is not like I'm getting a knee oper. I might have to get my, a surgery done on my knee, and I might be laid up for six months. I want to make sure that I need to get this surgery done. This is a freaking drop. Just, yeah. The, I mean, I imagine also, like, I mean, there's an aspect of this, too, is that, like, PGA Tour officials are buddy-buddy with all these guys. It's not a time to have an antagonistic relationship with stars, either, with Liv out there. I know this is with peripheral. Ser- Sergio, a- Sergio paved that path for everyone. <laughs> I'm not saying that would drive someone off the tour, but whatever you can do to not, you know, have guys riled up posting Charlie Hoffman Instagram posts, it might be good, you know. Um, but, and what does this do? Does this create a proliferation of guys asking for second opinions? Like, who, what kind of guy is asking for second opinion? I think there's some guys out there 
maybe Westy, the proper sportsman, as you would call him, wouldn't even ask. It is what it is. Like, who are the who are the guys that get pissy and push back? I want a second opinion. I think it's a certain kind of player that even asks for one, but I don't think it should even be made available. So that's another issue. Um, I think that does it for Phoenix. Do you have any other, do you have any Rom takeaways? It's just like, he's playing great golf. He didn't have a great Sunday. Any other big picture Scheffler or or Rom thoughts? Are we done with Phoenix? Uh, I don't, I don't. I I think, you know, it's a perfect, like couldn't get a better start to the, to the 2023 year than what's been going on with Rom. Rory and now Scheffler. Yep. I mean, on our other tours, primo winners. Speaking of primo winners, we have Aki Aki Stewardum winning on the uh, the primo the name World winner at the Singapore Classic. I didn't gotta say I didn't watch a lot of this. I saw some of it late at night one time. I think on Thursday or Friday, but I didn't watch a lot. Aki beats Sammy Valamaki. Sammy's put on a little pile. He looks like a husky boy now. He's he's got a little thick through the builds, but um, not that I you know. It's probably sad that I know what Sammy Valamaki used to look like and what he looks like now, but I've been tracking Sammy. And, and so he beats, uh, Aki beats Sammy by a shot in Singapore. That's your DP World Tour update for the week. Uh, on the Asian Tour, the Oman Open, International Series Oman Open. We had Takumi Kanaya, the former Japanese number one ranked amateur in the world. Uh, beats Barry Henson, the Henson hater, former Shotgun Start podcast guest. A lot of big, big things in those guys' past, but a lot of the, you know, distinction. Guest on this show, number one amateur. So Kanaya beats uh, Henson and Saddam Kawan Kanjana as uh, we're T two out in the Oman Open. Sergio made a little, little noise. Andy Ogletree, there was some, you know, hype around him or, or some attention around him. He's just trying to find a place to play. He played well. He hasn't done a, mo- a lot as a pro, as we know. But Can't play anywhere else. <laughs> Brooksy went 74-78 and got How out How about that. Brooksy? Not good. I mean, there's some symmetry to episode two of the Netflix series this week with Brooksy missing the cut in Oman and Scotty winning it. That's a good episode. Um, we talked about Brooks, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, last week, just about tough scene why is he out there even and you know he should just be in phoenix but um elsewhere on the uh, champions tour the trophy oh in morocco oh yeah the trophy hassan too i actually don't have this up i had it up earlier um i forget who won Stephen ames Stephen ames wins the canadian big week for canada golf with nick taylor and adam hadwin in the mix Stephen Ames beat Mark Hensby by a bunch, five shots to win the trophy of son. He shot 73 in the final round and still won by five. Uh, I don't think many people paid attention to that. And I don't think a lot of people went, you know, the Strickers and, and some of the others. I guess Furyk was there. God, Furyk doesn't need to indulge that, but whatever. He's chasing a Schwab cup. That's your roundup from the weekend. Do you have any other news? I didn't have much in here for news. Feels like we hit on most everything. Looks like the Eagles are driving or going to score here on the first possession they of the game. Did. They did score. Okay. Uh, so everyone enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl as you listen to this. We'll be back Wednesday to talk about the event of the year, maybe. Our favorite event, Riviera, Tigers back. Going to be another big week on the PGA. I'll Tour. be on the ground. You will be on the ground. You're heading down to L.A. 
Um, and subscribe to Full Swing Thoughts. We're going to have all those live Tuesday, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern time. We will have eight episodes of Full Swing Thoughts. I think it came off pretty well. Not to pat myself, pat ourselves on the back, but well, I think it's already it the out. number one golf podcast. Dumb podcast rankings are dumb. They're just dumb. It doesn't like whether they're good for us, bad for us. They don't make any sense. I mean, generally they probably get the best, the bigger shows, right? But it just doesn't make any sense. Anyways, but yeah, subscribe to Full Swing Thoughts, and all those recap shows will be in your feed come Tuesday. All right, talk to you guys on Wednesday about Rift.